if space and time were curved enough, you could hypothetically walk a big loop around them and wind up back when you started. And if you're in a true time-like curve, you would just stay in that loop forever indefinitely. It was pointed out to me that this can be used to create a time machine. The results I was getting is that this hypothetical rocket ship would go around and ultimately wind up at a location that was earlier than he set out from that location. You're listening to Widdishin's podcast, where we take the ultimate sci-fi themes found in books and movies and discuss them with the world's leading scientists, engineers, and experts. This week's podcast is brought to you by our sponsors and preferred retailers, Wordery and Book Depository. And the book whose theme we're reflecting on this week is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Now, The Hitchhiker's Guide was nominated as one of America's best love novels by PBS's The Great American Read. And the story goes along the lines of seconds before the Earth being demolished for a galactic freeway, Arthur Dent is saved by Ford Prefect, a researcher for the revised guide. And together they stick their thumbs out uh, to the stars and begin a wild journey through time and space. So this season is all about space and time. And this book is an incredible read. You can find the link to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in the show notes. My name is Amy Rose, and as a host of Wittishins, I bring to you part one of a two-part series on time loops and time travel with Dr. Garav Khanna and Caroline Mallory. Now, Dr. Khanna was my first guest on Wittishins in episode one, which was hyperspace. And it's great to have him back. He's a professor in the physics department and the associate director at the Center of Scientific Computing at the University of Massachusetts. Caroline also joins us. She is a doctoral student at the University of Massachusetts, and she's published a new model for Time Machine in the Journal of Classical and Quantum Gravity. It's really exciting stuff, and I feel like we've just had a breakthrough. Let's have a listen to the interview with Dr. Karna and Caroline Mallory. Thank you so much to you both for coming on to the show today to talk about time loops and time travel concept, idea, machine. I'm just going to throw that out there because that's what everyone else is calling it. <laughs> so thank you both for coming on to the show today. Uh, you're welcome. Happy to do so. I'm going to start with you, Caroline. Okay. So time loops, what exactly are they in like the simplest terms that you can think of. Okay. I actually wrote up some preparation here and it wound up carrying on, but I'll just stick with paragraph one and then uh, follow up if you have questions on it. So please feel free to talk for as long as you want because yeah, I want everything. All right. I might just go through my spiel then if that's all right. Yeah, please. Please do so. So the technical term for time loops is closed time-like curves, but we can just call them time loops because that's Simpler sounding word. So time loops are hypothetical paths through very curved space times. And if you want to imagine that, imagine a very curved surface like the surface of the earth as, you know, an analogy. Now, if I were to start where I am and walk due south all the way to the South Pole and just keep walking in the same direction all the way back up to the North Pole and keep walking in the same direction, I'd eventually wind up back where I started, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we can make an analogy with this. In general relativity, space itself is curved and time itself is curved. And if space and time were curved enough, you could hypothetically walk a big loop around them 
and wind up back when you started or earlier. And that path you walked, that's a closed timelike curve or time loop. Oh, that's the best analogy I've ever heard. That's brilliant. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. So if you wonder what it means for time to be curved, I can uh, go on a little paragraph please. about that. Yes, Okay, please. so I can answer that indirectly by telling you about an important everyday effect of time being curved, and that's basically stuff falls down. So if I drop a cup, it falls down because in a loose way, you can say that time is generally curved slightly towards massive objects. I think that's kind of the best way to explain it. I could go into nonsense about geodesics, but that's just unnecessary complications. Kind of think of it as time as the time of that object being curved toward the massive object that is the Earth. So you can have other everyday effects that can also be described as curves in space and time. So if instead of dropping my cup and letting it fall to the ground, I put my cup on a table, it doesn't fall through the table because the table and the cup are exerting pressure on each other. And pressure is also the result of curves in space and time, just like mass. So in this case, the pressure exerted by the table is enough to keep the cup from falling through it. And to sum that up, curves in space and time cause objects to fall down or can prevent them from falling down because mass and pressure momentum too, are ultimately caused by and cause curves in space and time. And so that's kind of what it means for time to be curved. It, it means that objects take some kind of a path through the space. So when you talk about objects falling, I, I think of gravity. Yes. So how does gravity come into all that? Well, gravity, the things falling down, that happens because space is curved. That's what gravitation mm. is. It's curves in space and time. Light bulb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know I sound silly, but I've just learned doesn't matter if you sound silly. This is life. Well, okay. So thanks for explaining that. Now, I want to ask, Garav, you, you were featured in Express UK. And actually, do you know what? Some of the same things people have taken all over the world in various articles, some of the things that you've said. So you said, according to Einstein's theory of general relativity, time can be warped enough to collapse and create a time loop of sorts, which would allow us to relive some of our moments over and over again. Now you opened a can of worms there <laughs> and Caroline just mentioned the closed timeline curves. So I'm going to ask something else. Is it possible for us to relive a moment over and over again? Is Has it already been ex- experienced? Is it scientifically possible? Um, to answer your question, I would whether that is something that could actually happen in nature. So, of course, general relativity says that that absolutely could happen under certain conditions. And in that particular article, I think we talked briefly about what conditions that would happen and acquiring some singularities and exotic matter. and But... In terms of whether it's been physically realized as of today, I do not think so. I don't think it's something that's been seen in any situation at the moment. And again, you know, if that was the case, then we would have proof that time closed client-like curves or time loops actually exist. And at the moment, we don't. So I think that would be something that would have to stay open for now until we have a chance to uh, learn some more and maybe explore some more. But, you know, there's there's been so many people who have come out, but some of them haven't been able to predict the future based on what they say is like a Groundhog Day. They've been sitting in a car, they've seen a, a series of events unfold and it continues for 
a very long time and then they snap out of it somehow. Have you heard any of those stories? What do you think? Sure. So I think Groundhog Day is a great example of a movie, you know, which sort of depicts a closed time like curve or time loop. But notice something interesting in it. So notice the fact that it's actually not exactly a time loop. The reason is because the main character remembers what happened and the fact that he's reliving the day. And if you're in a true time-like curve, in a true closed loop, then in principle, that shouldn't happen. You wouldn't even realize it. You would just stay in that loop forever indefinitely, and you would not know that something has changed or something is repeating. You would not know the difference in essence. Like a yeah. goldfish? In effect, yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds like hell. Okay, so Caroline, this is really exciting because you published a study in the Journal of Classic and Quantum Gravitivity. Can you describe this time machine of sorts that you were investigating and, and how it works and how it might be possible? Okay. So what I was actually originally looking at was whether it was possible to effectively go faster than light. So I, I put a video up that has to do with the difference, it, like coordinate speed of light is and how light can sort of have different speeds relative to a particular observer when there's curves in space time. And if you have something like that, you could effectively have faster than light travel, which is, you know, a sci-fi staple. And I did, in fact, find something that caused the coordinate speed of light to be faster along the length of the wire. So they could effectively be used as a fast lane for travel between stars if you could make one and make it long enough. And this didn't require any negative mass, which I thought was cool. But it was pointed out to me that this can be used to create a time machine if you have two of them and they're moving relative to each other. So then that also comes into play. And this is, it's kind of an inherent feature of most of these space times that you can come up with that allow effectively faster than light travel is that they can sort of create time machines by accident. So this, that was how this turned into a time machine paper. And maybe I should describe what I mean by creating this wire space time or formulating it. Yeah, and and also, just for anyone who's not familiar with fast and light travel, I, from what I gather, even talking about it with scientists and physicists and stuff, I've approached people to speak about it, and they just nope, not going to impossible, and it's been really quite difficult, and it's a bit controversial, I find, and I don't know what it's like in your sphere, and you know, okay, so. I explained that better on the video than I probably will here, but the deal is, is that say you're just sitting still somewhere and a light beam goes by you and you try to outrun it. That will never happen. That light beam is always going to be able to go faster than you on the same space. If the light is in the same sort of flat region of space as you, the light will always go faster and you can't go faster than it. However, if you're talking about a large area of space time, If some of that area of space-time is curved relative to the other area, then light can have a different speed. So the requirement is just that you have to be slower than light, which is going right next to you. However, if the space-time is curved so that light has a faster coordinate speed in a particular region, 
then you can go faster too. You're still going slower than the light, which is coming out of your headlights, but relative to someone else who is away around some curve in space, you're going faster than light goes on their space. It's easier to understand with pictures. <laughs> I can actually relate this to a real phenomenon. So we haven't seen space times that allow light to go faster than it can just out in flat space with no stars or planets around. But we do see space times that cause the coordinate speed of light to go slower. And the Earth is one such space time. Light's coordinate speed is slower here than it is up in orbit. And GPS satellites actually have to account for this or they would get out of sync. In extremely high gravitational fields that are normal gravitational fields, like around a black hole, if I go and I sit there and manage to not fall into the black hole for what feels like two minutes to me, you could have had 20 years go by on the outside. And correspondingly, the light that was next to me would have only been able to travel two minutes worth of distance on my space. But 20 years would have gone by on the outside. So they would have said, oh, that light is very slow. It has a different coordinate speed because of the curves in space. So when they say that going faster than light is impossible, yes, that's true. But it doesn't really account for the fact that light has different speeds when... I don't know if you talked about the actual time machine. Space times that speed up light uh, could be used as a fast lane for travel between stars, potentially, or they could be used as a time machine. When we're doing this kind of work for real, it's a bunch of numbers. It doesn't look like anything. It's math. So I wanted to see what this would look like. The results I was getting is that, okay, this uh, hypothetical rocket ship would go around and then it would have a particular locations at particular times and ultimately wind up at a location that was earlier than he set out that, from that location. But what would that actually look like? Well, I tracked where the space-time position of the rocket would be as the rocket went around the time loop, and that was what I wound up with in the animation. And so I thought this was kind of cool. I'll make it into a, a big, long video about it. You mentioned actual cars, like long cars. Are these like literal cars? The wires are, they're functionally infinitely long um, because that's just the way that we did the math. They could they could be somewhat shorter, but they have to be really, really long for, um, right. for the math that we use to be valid. And they travel next to each other. And when you're talking about curves in space-time, you're talking about general relativity. And that's the area around the wires, that space-time there is very warped, and that's why you get these weird effects. But you have two of these wires. They're not touching each other. There's sort of flat space in between them. And uh, one of the wires is moving relative to the other. And when you have motions in flat space, you use special relativity, which is, it's basically four things that are moving fast. And when you put these two things together, you wind up with math that says, hey, here's a time loop. When you mentioned going around the world from like, I'm in Australia and I go around and I come back to where I am. In a lot of sci-fi films, I don't know if you watch sci-fi films, but when they time travel, there's always like this big mechanical circle and these 
bits and pieces spin around in this circle and that's where people pass through. When you talk about those infinitely long wires and how you can go around and come back to the same time, do you think that might be where they get that concept from? I think in terms of the way that they choose to shoot movies, I think the reason that they do things like that has to do with them taking inspiration from particle accelerators, which are often made in loop form so that the particles can go around and around and around and they can accelerate them faster and faster and faster. So they have inspiration for what big fancy high physics machines can look like in the form of particle accelerators. (laughs) <laughs> to go off on a tangent, I went to Darmstadt in Germany once and they, uh, they they had a bunch of particle accelerators there and I was up on top of them and I was thinking to myself, this would be a really good place for a boss battle. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it didn't, it didn't happen? No, there was no boss battle. Oh, <laughs> what just, a shame. There was just uh, the, the guy showing us around and explaining what all the things did. Right, because that would have been great to include in the podcast, footage of that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for part one of our two-part series on time travel and time loops. The second part is coming in our next episode with Dr. Gaurav Khanna and Caroline Mallory. Until then, please like and subscribe, stay tuned, send me an email, ask me a question, and I will get back to you. In the meantime, stay safe during these incredibly trying times.